Hello, friends. I am back with another episode of the Aligned and Well podcast. This is Nurse Coach Sean, your host. Um, today, I am really excited about the person that I'm interviewing. Um, I'm interviewing Cheryl I Love. Cheryl is an alternative physical therapist and author who specializes in vitality at every stage of life. She teaches others how to move better, feel better, and look better using the art of healing through movement. So we're going to talk a lot about that. She is also a Feldenkrais practitioner, a Pilates instructor, a martial artist, a self-defense teacher for women. So she is a powerhouse. So I'm really excited to be giving you guys this interview. I hope you get a lot out of it. So here we go. Hey friends, I'm Nurse Coach Sean, and this is my podcast. In this podcast, I will be sharing with you how to create a well and balanced life that connects with who you truly are, whether it be a meditation or mindfulness practice, an insightful interview, or just sharing my own journey and expertise on different life and wellness topics. Hopefully, if you're listening, you will walk away feeling more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to cultivate radical self-love. This is your encouragement to create a more fulfilling and vibrant life for yourself. This is your invitation to lean into your curiosity and intuition. Together, let's build a compassionate space through which to heal. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Awesome. All right. Well, Cheryl, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited as well. Yeah, we're going to have an awesome conversation today. Um, But before we dive in, can you give my listeners just a little introduction, a little blurb about who you are, what you do, um, what your life's work is? Tell us about yourself. Oh, boy, there's a lot to tell because I have been around for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically, I am an author, a speaker. I am what I like to refer to myself as a recovering physical therapist, but I am an alternative physical therapist. And I'm also a martial artist and a dancer and a couple of other things. So, you know, my life's journey in getting me from, you know, where I am today, of course, was full of bumps in the road. It was not a straight line, a smooth trajectory. Um, So a lot of what I'm doing now is based on a lot of the misfortunes I've had in my life. And that's how I got to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. I remember kind of talking with you when we first met virtually about just your journey. And it's so amazing. You know, today, today, our our topic is the art of healing through movement. So we're going to kind of dive in a little bit into that. But first, I want you to I want to see if you can share um, just the big points of your your own healing journey and what has brought you to the work that you do. You just kind of listed a bunch of different things that you do and you bring to the world. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your healing journey. Well, it started when I was in my 30s and I was actually a respiratory therapist at the time. So I was working, you know, critical care, emergency room, all that type of of thing. And of course, I was educated in the Western medical model. So -hmm. that's what I followed because that's what I knew. And you know, I was having a, a wonderful time. I had a good job. I was spending um, on my my time off. I was going to ballet class. I was going to Pilates class. I was a downhill skier, not a hardcore skier. I mean, I was a, a floater. I was a, right. I, I would <laughs> dance down the mountain because I'm also a control freak, and I always wanted to be safe. Yeah. Well, What happened was um, I started off getting like this, like twinging and tightness and discomfort in my low back. So Mm -hmm. I did the practical thing. I ignored it thinking if I ignored it, it would go away. Well, it didn't go away. Got a little bit worse and get really uncomfortable, very tight and, and almost made it hard for me to work. But I dealt with it then by uh, hot packs and stretching, thinking that would help Well, it didn't. That worked as well as ignoring it. In a matter of just a few short months, I went from being a very active, healthy, vibrant young woman to Mm -hmm. being a chronic pain patient. 
And it spiraled so far out of control so quickly and so uh, dramatically Mm -hmm. that, you know, in a few short months, I was no longer going to Pilates and ballet class. I was going to my doctor's appointments, physical therapy appointments. I was taking all of the medications that was prescribed to me. Uh, muscle relaxers, anti-inflammatories, painkillers. I did all the um, really silly, I can say that now, stretches and exercises that the physical therapists had given me. I'd gone to all the massage therapists they recommended. And instead of getting better, I was getting worse. And I didn't understand that because I was doing every single thing I was told to do. I was a, air quotes, good patient. Yeah. And I lived that life for two and a half years to the point where I couldn't work full time any longer. I mean, I lived every single day in excruciating pain. I mean, Mm. it was horrible. And, you know, when you're in that much pain, it really does a number on your head, you know, your emotional um, status, you know, your mental health. It's just so depressing because not only are you in chronic pain, but you're you've lost contact with a lot of the friends and the communities that you associated with, for example, my ballet sisters and my ballet community. And it was just so awful. And it wasn't until the day that one of my doctors said to me, she explained that I would never be able to do my grocery shopping and my laundry all in the same day because the arthritis in my spine was so severe. I would end up being bedridden. Wow. How old were you at this point? 36. Wow. You were in your thirties. Yes. Oh, it gets worse because um, when she was telling me that, and it was like that information didn't compute. I didn't understand. Like, you know, no, you don't understand. And I told her that I says, you don't understand. I'm planning on going back to ballet class. And she laughed in my face and said, no, you don't understand. You are a chronic pain patient. You will always be a chronic pain patient. You will never have the life that you had before. You will never have the life that you want. And you can forget about physical therapy school because she knew that I was planning on, you know, trying to get into PT school. It was one of my goals. And she says, forget about it, because even if you could do the work, which you can't, you are so severely injured, you are just way too old to go to physical therapy school. And like I said, I was 36. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting like chills of like anger right now as you're talking about that. It makes me so angry to hear that your your doctor, your physician, who you trusted to help you heal mm-hmm. and to help you kind of get your life back is telling you all of these things at 36. That is wild to me. It, it was horrible. And it was just so demoralizing. And, you know, I couldn't get angry then because I was in so much shock. And of course, I was just devastated. So yeah. I went home and I hit rock bottom for a couple of days. I was incredibly low. Until I don't know what happened, Sean, I I really don't. But there was like, I got my fighting spirit back. Yeah. And I realized I had this incredible epiphany. And the epiphany was, you have got to figure this out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they are not helping you. Mm -hmm. They're making things worse. It is up to you to figure this out. So, you know, I kept that knowledge to myself, didn't share it with my husband or anybody else. And that it was like over a weekend. And that following Monday, I called my doctors, I fired my incredible or my entire medical team, much to their chagrin, because, you know, even one of my physical therapists says, you need us. We have to help you. You don't understand. And I'm like, well, I've done a really crappy job of it so far. So I I figure, you know, I might as well try something different and see if that works. So what I did was I I stopped taking all the medications. I stopped doing all the silly and worthless stretches and exercises that the PTs gave me. And I understood enough about movement that I just went back to the basics. I knew a lot of Pilates Mm -hmm. and I just started dissecting a lot of like the mat exercises and I would get down on the floor every single day. And I taught myself how to move in a way that was pain-free paying attention to my body. um, If I would move a certain way, certain movements would exacerbate my pain. Mm. Other movements would relieve my pain. So I had to pay really close attention to that. And so that's kind of how we learned to move when we were babies and children, right? It was through self-exploration. Yeah. And 
The one thing I did add was acupuncture. And that was a tough one for me. And that tells you how desperate I was and how much pain I was in because being in that medical mindset and I, you know, that was 30 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, alternative medicine, alternative modalities weren't nearly as um, prolific as they are now. You know, they just weren't mainstream. Nobody knew about them. And if we did talk about them, it was kind of talked, in, you know, um, like in a speakeasy, you know, where the lights are low and you sneak in and sneak out. You don't want anybody to know that you're talking about this. And even where I live in, in Denver, and the Denver Boulder area has a lot of alternative health and healing type of practitioners, but 30 years ago, they were not mainstream. So I was right. pretty much on my own. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to an acupuncturist. And I would, I was so embarrassed. I thought, what if anybody sees me walking into this acupuncturist's clinic? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would just be horrible. You know, but um, so, I, but I did go. And, you know, between the acupuncture and my own work of teaching myself how to heal and pulling away from the Western medical model, because I realized it was not helping me. And that was a hard realization as a medically trained person myself. So basically uh, doing what I did, I, it took about eight or nine months mm -hmm. and I was completely pain-free. Yeah. I was stiff. I was, you know, overweight. I was out of shape but I was pain-free so I could start to try and get the pieces of my life back together. At that same time, I was um, accepted into uh, the physical therapy program, the graduate program at CU Health, uh, Health Sciences Center. And I graduated with my master's in physical therapy three months shy of my 40th birthday. So that doctor was wrong. I was wow. not too old. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, there is so much to unpack there. And I just want to, I, I can tell that, I mean, the trauma of your own journey, because it's so traumatic to like be in your 30s, your mid 30s and have a doctor tell you, you are never going to be able to live the life that you want. Like this is it for you. And that's, that's so traumatizing. And I can tell that that has made you so passionate about the work that you do, because you the way that you even talk about it, and the way that you have learned to empower yourself to make your own decisions and to figure things out for yourself, I think is so inspiring. And I'm, I'm curious as to so like as your journey has unfolded and you've stepped away from Western medicine and kind of have been diving into a little bit more alternative modalities, what have you seen are the limitations in, in only relying solely on the Western medicine model to heal? Well, once you get in the system and you are a patient in that system, it's almost like you can't get out mm. and it's almost, and I'm not saying this to denigrate, you know, the, the people who work in the profession, but I think it's really important for even the medical professionals to understand their own limitations um, because they can't do everything and they have a limited scope of knowledge and an even more narrow scope of treatment Mm -hmm. that they follow. And even once I graduated from PT school and I was a physical therapist now and working in the world of PTs, I realized how much I disliked it. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like my skin would crawl because it was like, okay, here's the diagnosis. Here's the ICD nine code. Here is the protocol. This is how many treatments you get. Um, you know, how many sessions you have with the patient. If the patient doesn't get better, it's their fault. They're mm -hmm. not doing what you told them. And it yeah. was so against my belief system that had grown to the point of, you know, we need to help empower these people, not yeah. take away their power and their human dignity. And by, mm -hmm. you know, assigning them numbers and codes and, and protocols and stuff. And we're not equipment or machines or robots. We're human beings with different life paths, different life experiences, different biologies, different history, different goals, different dreams. We're all different. Yeah. So it was very discouraging to have gone through the process of getting into PT school, let alone getting through it and finding like, oh my gosh, and this is what I've got now to mm -hmm. deal with. 
And yeah. I, I just was so miserably unhappy. And uh, so it didn't work for me. So I just forged my own path. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I love I love that you said, you know, we need to empower people in 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 realizing that they have so much control of their own health and they don't realize it because so many um so many doctors, so many practitioners have this very like rigid protocol type approach mm-hmm. to to human beings that may have similar diseases and similar symptoms, but the root cause is always different for each person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really love what you said there. And as as far as forging your own path, like I know you offer so many different types of um, of healing modalities. So can you talk a little bit about what um, what various ways you help people find their their power and their strength and how did you forge your own path? What, what was that journey? Well, it was another one of those uh, mental head smacking moments, another epiphany when I was in a meeting at work, working as a traditional PT. And I mean, it was so gut wrenchingly, number one, boring. And I thought, I cannot (laughs) believe I have done this to myself. And, you know, everything they were saying was just like going against everything I believed in. And then it was, like I said, another epiphany. It was like, oh, wait a minute. At that point, it was 1998. And so Pilates was finally starting to get a little bit more mainstream. Mm -hmm. I had studied Pilates for myself since 1983. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated PT school in 1996, I actually went through two professional Pilates training programs just for my own, you know, information. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? You know, there are idiots out there teaching Pilates who don't know what they're doing. You've been studying it for so long. You've got the, you know, the uh, certifications, you know, you're a dancer, you're a PT, you can offer like a, a bridge between traditional PT where all the sessions end, Mm -hmm. but yet the patient isn't where they want to be to taking that person, giving them another option to take them to full function and 100% recovery through Pilates based rehabilitation and conditioning. So I opened up my own office specializing in physical therapy um, or Pilates based rehab and conditioning. And then eventually I added something called Feldenkrais to the mix and people would call me. It was very interesting because a lot of my clients, they weren't patients, they were clients Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you probably know this being a nurse, but the term patient Mm -hmm. is based on, you know, Latin and it actually means passive recipient. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. So I didn't have patients. I had clients. And most of my clients were, you know, ones that were either they fell through the cracks Mm -hmm. or they were displeased by the results of physical therapy, or they were done with their PT, but wanted to go a little bit further. And then I had quite a few clients who were like me um, that were hopeless causes that were never going to get better. And we're told, you know, you're, you have to figure out how to live with this pain. So that was, that was how I built my following. And I ran my own office for 18 years. I closed my practice in May of 2017, but this past summer, I just, um, relaunched it online and I am seeing some people, um, in person as well. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I I love hearing your like entrepreneurial journey too, because it just goes to show for others in the medical field who are also feeling so misaligned in their profession. There are so many other avenues that you can go down. Everyone has a different skill set. Everyone's own healing journey is so valuable to helping others like you heal. Um, I heard you mention Feldenkrais. What is mm-hmm. that? For, <laughs> uh, you've, you've explained that to me before, but for our listeners who don't know what on earth that is, can you explain that a little bit? Yes, and it, it does have an unfortunate name, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is actually the last name of the gentleman who developed this method. His name uh, was Moshe Feldenkrais, and 
Feldenkrais is a very highly sophisticated form of neuromuscular re-education based on the scientific principle of neuroplasticity, which simply means that our mind, our brain, our nervous system is incredibly uh, malleable and plastic and mm. can change uh, new, new patterns, new pathways, new ways of sensing, feeling, thinking, moving during the entire course of our lifetime, which if you'll forget, forgive the pun, it's kind of like a no brainer. Well, of course we all know <laughs> that, that we, you know, we're not so hardwired that we can't change. Right. But even as recently when I was in physical therapy school, in all of our neurology classes, they taught us and told us that this, this miracle of nature, this neuroplasticity disappears at the age of 14. Could you imagine anything more depressing than that? And that That's, is just so not true. It's stupid. I don't know. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, who came up with that? <laughs> yeah. And I think that some of the people that came up with it were trying to forge their own path into uh, neurology or whatever. I, I remember one of my profs, and I just did not like this man for many, many reasons, but I, I, I just didn't like him. And the very first class, he says, this is going to be your textbook. So he hold up, held up a book and he says, you know, get it at the bookstore. And it was a book that he had written. <laughs> so right away, I'm oh, like, hmm, something huh. sounds, doesn't sound right here. And, you know, I had taken in doing my prerequisites prior to getting into school, I had taken two fabulous classes in neurology, you know, at, at the college. And I love the professors. I didn't at first, but then once I got to know them and I loved them so much, I took, you know, two classes with them and it was just fantastic and learned so much about uh, neurology and the nervous system. And a lot of the things in his book was contradictory to what I learned from them. But of course, they weren't selling their textbooks. So it was just kind of like a weird situation. <laughs> and a lot of the things that I learned, again, it made no sense to me. And even, you know, I had worked as a respiratory therapist. I worked in a neurotrauma center too. So I worked with, um, you know, brain injuries and stroke um, people. And it just didn't, it didn't jive. So it's like all of a sudden, you know, yeah. Moshe Feldenkrais was born in, I think it was 1904. Mm -hmm. And he started developing this method when he was probably in his 20s and 30s. So intuitively, he knew that there was such a thing as neuroplasticity. It's all about learning. It's about learning new things, um, not only through the didactic type of learning, but learning through movement, learning through experience, learning through making mistakes, um, Yeah, mm. learning how to be comfortable with your own body. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like a like what you said earlier, whenever we're babies and we're learning to walk, like we intuitively knew what to do. We would get up and we would try something. It didn't work. So we would get up again. And um, it, it definitely has that idea of like, you know, neuroplasticity and being able to change our thinking and rewire our brains and also rewire like our bodies and, and you know, allow our bodies to kind of be able to move in a more aligned and good way rather than mm -hmm. just sticking to, you know, mm -hmm. the typical stretches, the exercises, the workouts, the, the, the really regimented stuff. It just, yeah, I, that stuff makes me so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, enjoying the club here. And, you know, I always tell people it's so funny because, you know, Moshe's um, wife was actually a pediatrician. I don't think Moshe did not have any children, you know, himself, but his wife was a pediatrician. So he was uh, around a lot of babies and small children and watching people move. And he'd started the development of this method was uh, from a knee injury that he sustained through playing soccer. And so that was a big long, that was kind of like his, um, um, you know, jumping off point, so to speak, and how he started developing this method. But I always tell people, I say, you know, it's like when we were babies in the crib, nobody said, okay, here are these baby barbells. You're going to have to do these bicep curls and you're going to have to do these, you know, dry, tricep extensions, put one arm here, put one here, then, you know, find those tummy muscles and push yourself over. And that's how you roll over in your crib. Nobody taught us that we learned, you know, through our own experience. And that was actually our process of learning, of learning movement, 
mm-hmm. learning our environment, learning mm-hmm. how to um, relate to other people was through exploration. And every single mm-hmm. little milestone that we accomplished when we were little and, and, you know, babies and growing up and going through the toddler stage and all those other horrible things that we did, um, every milestone, everybody would applaud. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You're wonderful. And, the, oh, you know, look at what you can do. And then as soon as we were fully upright and ambulatory and functional, then we were told, sit down, shut up. Yeah. We were in school and now it was time to learn. So this yeah. is completely counterintuitive to our way of learning. Yeah. Oh, I really love that you said like learning through exploration because right in this culture, I feel like we are so conditioned to just like absorb information that other people tell us, um, rely on the experts, rely on the people who know, you know, what they're talking about, which, you know, it, it can there's a place for that, right? But when it comes to our mm-hmm. own health, our own bodies, we are the experts. And we know our bodies more than than anybody else does. And whenever we can tap into that curiosity and that sense of exploration, there is so much that we can learn about ourselves and that we can learn about our own strength and our our way that we can heal. So yeah, I just, I really love what you said there. That was... um that's a that's a concept that I think um, so many people could benefit from. Uh, I just have yeah. to say this, that I love what you said when you, because you nailed it perfectly, to have that sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, we are our own experts. We know ourselves better than anybody. We know what our goals are, our dreams are. We know what we want to do, what our level of function, what we want from life and from our bodies. And having that sense of curiosity rather than, oh, God, what's wrong? And that typically happens. And that's natural. You know, we go into that fear response. I've got this incredible pain. Oh, my goodness. What's the matter with me? I better go get it fixed. And then we go to the experts. Mm -hmm. And the experts are really good at maybe clearing us for um, ruling out the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it's you if if you hurt yourself and you you need to you know go and you know okay is something broken? Do mm-hmm. I have you know something wrong that I need to worry about? Do I need an X-ray? So to get screened and then if they can't find anything wrong, mm-hmm. or if they say, well, let's just try this, get a second opinion, get a yes. third opinion, and listen to your body, and that is an incredible life skill that. If you mm-hmm. don't have that sense of self-awareness or internal awareness, you can develop it, you can cultivate it, and your life will be so much better. Mm-hmm. It's empowering. So, so empowering. Yeah. Yeah. As we're talking about, um, you know, exploration and the curiosity, um, it it really does kind of tie into like our theme of the this interview is the art of healing through movement. So can you tell me a little bit about what that means for you and what what your work with your clients um how that manifests? And I call it the art of healing through movement because to me movement is an art. You know, a lot of us think of, okay, we've got to go to the gym. We've got to, you know, get on the treadmill. We've got to lift these weights. And that's fine. You know, and it's, it's almost like mindless exercise and that's okay because at least we're getting some activity, but when you're really focused on the quality of what you're doing, how you're moving, how it feels when you move. Mm -hmm. And because I really, you know, I'm I'm a physical therapist who hates exercise and thinks that chocolate <laughs> is food. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and you know the thought of running just, you know, I'm allergic to running yeah. and the thought of going to a gym makes me break out in hives. Yeah. I just I can't do it. I can't we were even talking about this this morning in, in dance class. Yeah. Can't do it. Just can't do it. But I love to move. Mm-hmm. And everybody we are we have it in our DNA to move. Yeah. Our bodies are meant to move, made to move. And I'm going to go back to what we were talking about earlier when, okay, now we're upright, ambulatory and on our way independent. Now sit down, shut up. We're going to learn. Yes. And then as we go through school, even in the early years, all of our playtime, that, that 
um, personal exploration time gets cut down. Okay, maybe we have recess. Mm-hmm. And maybe we have time after school, you know, we can play time on the weekends. And then as we start going up in the grade levels, then all of a sudden our activities are a little bit more structured. Maybe it's mm-hmm. with a dance class, gymnastics, uh, professional or not professional, but, you know, sports, organized sports, that type of thing. So now we have coaches, we have coaches, we have teachers, and they're telling us how to move. Mm-hmm. They're telling us what's right or wrong, good or bad better or worse, how to do things. Mm -hmm. So that natural exploration kind of starts getting weaned out of us. And that's why it's more natural for us to go to the experts. Somebody has to tell me what to do. Somebody has to tell me how to move. Because now by the time we go through college, you know, and now we're adults, we're in the real world, we're making, you know, um, our lives, you know, starting our careers. And again, that natural curiosity, that playfulness is just kind of sucked out of us. So then when we have issues, an injury or a physical ailment, we don't even know what to do because it's just like, we've forgotten how to take care of ourselves. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's almost like we, we were conditioned to rely on like external, like validation to know that we're okay. And really the, the the key I think here is that there it like, it all starts within, it all starts with us and being really super aware of what's going on in our minds and our bodies and spiritually. And just like what, what is feeling misaligned before we can really like go to external sources and, and find those screening um, pieces, mm-hmm. you know, and what we say in Feldenkrais, and of course, when I was going through my training, it made no sense to me whatsoever. But I just kept my mouth shut and said okay, and went along for the ride because other things did make sense. But it was always it starts with a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts with a question. It's like okay, my back is hurting. Isn't that interesting? I wonder why is it hurting? What did I do differently? Mm-hmm. you know, over the past couple of days, you know, is it something I ate? You know, is it my digestion? Is it stress? I mean, there are so many other different components that we have a tendency not even to consider, oh, how can stress give me back pain? <laughs> you know, oh, we Lord. all know that it can. <laughs> we know exactly. That it can. Yeah. <laughs> we know that it can. And that's another thing um, is when we talk about disease is dis-ease. Mm-hmm. When we are not at ease in our environment, we're not at ease in our bodies for some reason. And if we don't pay attention to it, we don't get to the root cause of what the problem is. If we medicate it away or try and ignore it, it's just going to get worse because discomfort is your body's way of telling you to pay attention. Something isn't right. Mm-hmm. And it's that intuition. Again, we were born with that, but that's another thing. It just kind of gets kind of sucked out of us as we go through life. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, and it's, it's funny because like, as I've kind of stepped away from the like Western model of medicine and stepped away from the hospital setting as a nurse and, and started delving more into like the holistic stuff and the alternative um, modalities. It's very interesting how, um, how much of a difference I feel in like the, the, alignment with my purpose as a healer. Like a lot of people go to PT school, nursing school, medical school to help people. And then in the system, they are trained to just, I don't know, it's almost robotic. It's its like, I don't know. It, the earlier, whenever you were talking about like how we're not machines, we're not, you know, mm-hmm. these <laughs> electronic things that can just... um you know, be programmed the same way. That's kind of what I'm thinking of whenever I think of the, just the training of the medical, um, the medical profession in general. Yeah. It does feel very mechanical. Yeah. And it's really easy to be detached. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the experiences that I've had with other, you know, medical on the receiving end is that an incredible sense of detachment and dismissiveness from the practitioner, because I mean, they're the experts. What do I know? I mean, well, I live with this body. 
24-7. And I have for many years. Yeah. You know, I know it better than you who just met me and had a five-minute conversation with me knows. Yeah. You know, I, I can, yeah. So, and I think that that's what I really hope that we can impress on your listeners is to trust their intuition. Yes. And to understand that the more you know about your own body and do your own research and just really tap into that sense of awareness, uh, the more you can actually offer to a traditional medical person. So, you know, if I go, you know, I think I've mentioned this to you before, go to the PCP, hey, I'm having chest pain. I think I know what's doing it, mm-hmm. you know, but because it's chest pain and I am over a certain age, I think we ought to clear it. And he'll just say, oh, good call. So, yeah. you know, then he'll screen me and it's like, yeah, you're fine. And I said, okay, then it is my serratus anterior and I know what to do about it. So thank you. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So that's, you know, keeping keeping that balance of having a relationship with somebody that I can have that conversation with rather than, mm-hmm. well, then why are you here? Right. You know, or it's chest pain you need, you know, I need to give you nitroglycerin. Well, no, you don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, so it, it's, it, it, it's being able to have the, the, the strength and the courage to be able to say, thank you. I really appreciate you, but you're not the right practitioner for me. And I know a lot of people are even, they're afraid that maybe their healthcare providers will say, you know, I don't want to work with you because you're not listening to me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you're not, you're not a compliant patient. That is one of the greatest compliments I have ever received was patient is non-compliant. Well, you bet I'm non-compliant. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that phrase that cracks me up. Um, I know. I know. It's, I know. It's so interesting. I love how you were um, expanding on um, leveraging a person's intuition to even create a better rapport with like traditional medical doctors Mm -hmm. and professionals. um, Because you're so right, the more you are in tune with your own body, your own intuition and what's going on, like you said, the more you can offer, um, the more information you can provide Mm -hmm. to them so that they can maybe help connect some dots too. Um, Exactly. We're making their job easier. And then they know that, you know, you are fully invested in your own outcome. And if you have somebody who doesn't want to hear what you have to say, thank you very much for that information. I'm leaving because then, you know, that's not the practitioner for you and it's okay. I mean, what, what they're going to think badly of you. So what? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I always like to. <laughs> it's so funny whenever I'm, whenever because what we had to get a whole new care team whenever we moved across the country, and it's it's almost like an interview process for them. Like it's not only like you know they're taking in a new patient, but I'm also trying to determine whether or not this practitioner is right for me because intuitively you also know if you can you have to have that connection with your with your care team in order for anything to work well or in order for anything to get solved. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, you know, if if you, if you, if you have cold sweats, just going to, um, you know, the person's office, that's a clue. Yeah. Yep. I would love to know your top three tips or um, pieces of advice for people who um, are wanting to step into their own advocacy and um, and find their voice in their health journey. Oh, boy. Okay. So the first thing I would have to say is trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, you are your own expert. You know yourself better than anybody. Don't doubt yourself mm-hmm. and keep practicing that, you know, how am I feeling today, even on good days? And, you know, keep track of even like, you know, what you're eating and, you know, what your activity level is. I'm not saying, you know, pull out a journal and write, you know, war and peace or whatever, but I (laughs) I do like a little, you know, almost like a diary or calendar. Okay. This is what I've I've eaten. This is what I did today. You know, I went to this class just so I know if something goes amiss, I can look back and it's like, okay, what did I do that was different? Mm -hmm. So pay attention, start to really pay attention. Even when you wake up in the morning, how you feel not only physically, emotionally, mentally, 
you know, yesterday I, I just had a bad day. It was one of those days that I had a few little things go wrong and it was like, oh gosh, and it kept me up. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning thinking it was like, stop it. It's not that big of a deal. It's each one of these things were very small. Let it go, you know, go back to sleep, you know, cuddle the dog and, you know, tomorrow will be a better day. So that's the first thing is just to really trust yourself, work on fine tuning your intuition. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is do research. So yeah. take matters into your own hands. Uh, you know, nutrition does take, uh, uh, is a very big role in your health journey and, you know, wellness journey and longevity. Saying that is when you hear that word nutrition, you go, oh no, and everybody thinks of diet and oh my gosh, oh. I've got to give up my chocolate and I'll never have a glass of wine again. Don't go there. Right. Because everything is about, yeah, everything is about finding balance. Yes. And do keep in mind dark chocolate is full of antioxidants. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> you can have your health, your fitness, and your chocolate too. And have uh, that glass of wine occasionally if you want it. It's okay. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So basically, yeah, do your research, do your homework. If you feel like you need help, look for somebody, you know, who can help you with, you know, nutrition, um, maybe a naturopath or something like that. But just start by doing your own research and see what fits for you. Because even mm. if you start looking into alternative healthcare practitioners, if it's somebody who does not align with your belief system or you're not simpatico, it's not the right person for you. So be careful of who you choose to work with because you, you know, you want to have that give and take and that, that, uh, communication between you. Mm. Uh, let me see the third thing I would say. And this is so important is move, yeah. just move. Don't go to the gym three times a week if you hate it, because life is way too short for that. Yes. Um, just go outside, go for a walk, get back to nature, get yourself one of those great big exercise balls. I love those balls. Yes. Sit on them, bounce on them, just get any kind of movement is so good for you, body, mind, spirit, and soul. So it's not like, okay, lift <laughs> these weights, build these muscles. Oh, God, Ugh, I just hate that. I know. Isn't that horrible? But if you just move, you know, dance around the kitchen a little bit, put on some music, not only are you you're moving the blood flow, the lymph flow, you know, your nervous system is just lighting up. It's everything is working, yeah. you know, body, mind, spirit, and soul. So that's what I would really recommend. Those three things, very important. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love all of those three things. And one of the things that came to mind as you were talking about movement and like just moving in a way that you love, one of my favorite, cause I used to be one of those people that would like get up at five o'clock in the morning and work out five times a week. And I hated it. It was so <laughs> awful. I mean, I, I could yeah. see like the difference in my body and I could feel the difference in like how strong I was and stuff, but it was just so not fun. And like now one of my favorite ways <laughs> to move. I have two crazy huskies. I have two dogs and they love to play and they love to run around. And one of my favorite things to do is wrestle with them and like just play with them in the house. And like you said, like whenever you're moving in a way that that makes you feel good, like dancing or putting on music and just kind of like moving around, it's not only like helping you build muscles. It's not it's not only helping you like, um, you know, um, improve your health physically, but like, there's just so much like feel good chemicals that are released whenever you're doing something that you enjoy and whenever you're doing something that makes you happy. So tying all of that together with movement is, I don't know, like, I, wh why didn't I know about this three years ago? <laughs> like, why didn't I like think that that was okay, okay and and you know sufficient mm -hmm. enough for movement? I feel like a lot of people out there don't think that just moving around, dancing, going for a walk, playing with their dogs or their kids is, is enough. Right. And I, and, and that is the big lie. It's, it's just, it's, it's yeah. going to the gym, you know, and, oh gosh, you know, I think even, you know, all of the health experts and the fitness experts and the magazines and all this stuff and driving by the um, health clubs around New Year's drives me crazy oh. because there's always yeah. New Year, New You, you know, New Year's resolutions. This is the year you get in shape and it's like, <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. You know, 
today is a it's a new day and just get more movement into your life you know just take the stairs more often you know just you'll feel so much better practice getting up and down from sitting in a chair there's actually a way to do it when you just sit on the very edge of your chair press your feet into the floor and go up without using the the hand i mean just little things like that they're like mini squats there are so many things you you can do and if you Add more movement into each and every day, even in your um, daily activities, putting the groceries away, some Mm -hmm. stretches up and reaching for things. All of that adds up. And you do that every day. That's going to do a lot more for you, for your body and your fitness level and your Mm -hmm. flexibility than going to the gym three times a week, especially if you hate it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I mean that just it's just even more fun to talk about movement in that way just because it's 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 such an easy way to integrate it into your everyday life and mm-hmm. not have to, you know, bang your head against a wall because you missed a workout or you missed going to the gym like And and it's like a, it's a game. It's a game that you play of how can I get more, you know, steps in or how can I do this and how can I have more fun in my life? And, you know, life is, is hard enough and, you know, work and stress it's hard enough. And then putting that extra piece of stress on you that you have to go to the gym and then the guilt when you don't, it's like, Oh my gosh, take yourself off that hook. Mm -hmm. You know, we were not meant, I don't think we were meant Mm -hmm. to have to go to the gym. I mean, look, uh, you know, our world is a playground if we look at it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Wow. Okay. This has been such an amazing conversation. Like it's just, it's been lighting me up because even talking about movement in this way and, and thinking of it as an art and something fun and something expressive, like it's just, I don't know, it makes me really happy. I hope those of you who are listening at home <laughs> feel the same way listening to this episode. But um, I, I I like to end my interviews with my guests with this last question, because this is the Aligned and Well podcast. And I want to know for you, what does being aligned and well mean to you? Living my life the way I want to live it and having no restrictions or constraints, being able to do everything that I want to do and love to do with strength, grace, and confidence, and just being able to help be an example for other people, especially, you know, I, I, I am, I'm in my mid sixties and, you know, I mean, life is so much better now than it was 30 years ago that, you know, if I had known that, you know, I mean, I went to pole class this morning. That's what I did this morning. I took (laughs) a pole class. (laughs) Totally awesome. And I did one, I did a movement that I hadn't had struggled with for like, you know, the past year. And I finally was able to do it today and it was a success. And it was like, you know, so what? Does it, yeah. you know, I could probably live a long and happy life without knowing this little technique, but it was one more thing that I could say, Hey, you know, we're still learning at every stage of life and keep mm-hmm. growing and learning and yeah, have fun. Yeah. Oh, love it. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, where can, um, where can people find you? Where can people get in touch with you, follow you on social media? What, what platforms are you on? Uh, well, I'm pretty much on every, I'm on Facebook um, and I've got two Facebook pages. I have the Cheryl I Love International and I also have the Femininja Project, which is my podcast. I'm on LinkedIn, love connecting with people on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter um, and I have a website, uh, CherylILove.com. If you go to the website and sign up for my newsletter, um, you have access to three pre-recorded um, audio recordings of meditation through movement. So it gives you a nice. taste. It's kind of like a sample of Feldenkrais. If people are curious, uh, you know, curious what it is, or, you know, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like meditation through movement. So you can have access to those three files and you can just download them and you can practice and play with them. Um, you know, send me an email, you know, contact me through my website or just info at CherylILove.com. If you have any questions, um, you know, any comments, any anything, just want to say, hey, you know, I'd love to hear from you. So you also have a couple of books, right? I do. I have uh, one book is titled Forever Fit and Flexible, Feeling Fabulous at 50 and Beyond. 
And a lot of these principles that we've talked about are in that book. So it's not a book about fitness. It's about mindset, uh, awareness, movement, the art of movement, um, and plenty of ideas of how you can get started in helping yourself be more fit and flexible without going to the gym three times a week. So that is the (laughs) first book that that came out about almost six years ago. And my second book was just released about a week and a half ago. And that is The Reluctant Ninja. Yeah, thank you. I love it. The Reluctant Ninja, How a Middle-Aged Princess Became a Warrior Queen. And it's actually kind of like a memoir. It's about how I got involved in uh, martial arts and it was not a good way, but um, it's a very long story and it's very empowering. And I hope that a lot of people, especially women, can feel empowered and motivated to go find their own inner warrior. Awesome. Yes. All of those links are in the show notes um, if you'd like to check any of that out. Yeah. Anything else that I may have missed, Cheryl, that we that we haven't hit on yet? No, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love talking to you. And I am so looking forward to having you as a guest on my show as well, because I think you're wonderful. Oh, and thank you you for everything you're doing for people, especially women and helping to educate and empower and inspire and educate. It's just such an important thing. Wow. Such an amazing conversation with Cheryl. I really hope that that was a valuable interview for you guys. Um, We talked about a lot of really awesome stuff. And if you are someone who has ever felt like movement is too hard or getting in workouts is too hard for you, um, if you've ever felt disempowered by your medical team, this is definitely um, the episode for you to listen to and to share um, with anyone else that you know who's gone through those kinds of experiences. So I really hope that after listening to this episode, um, some of you feel really empowered in your own health and your own ability to make decisions. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions for me or you would like to work with me, I do offer free discovery sessions and I also have a free community on Facebook focused on cultivating self-love and holistic wellness support. I would love to hear your feedback. If you are listening to this podcast on a platform where you can leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it if you did that. Um, If this episode resonated with you at all, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and take a screenshot of this episode. Go ahead and share it on social media and remember to tag me. I'm at Nurse Coach Sean. Thank you guys so, so much. And as always, I'm here to serve and support you in the most powerful way I can. It is my mission and my purpose as a nurse coach to be an advocate for self-love and compassion so that I can help you leverage your own inner power and healing potential in the pursuit of a well and aligned life. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have a wonderful week. I'm nurse coach Sean. And remember, when all is aligned, all is well. Love you guys.